You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Season 8 Drabbles by Lindsay Bones on AO3 Chapter 7 Dio Date He drives directly to the storage unit with a stupid grin plastered across his face. The slopes and curves of her flash in his mind, and he swells with emotion. It's his. Theirs. The boxes and bins are piled high, but he knows exactly what he's looking for. The room smells like his mother's house, in a good way. Familiar. The box he's looking for is up against the wall, buried too deep. He frees it and flips the top open. The doll, stitched together with thick cotton thread, had been in the family since the molders came over from the Netherlands. He'd always thought it was pretty ugly, but looks weren't what made it special. The threadbare doll had sat in the crib of every molder baby for five generations. Six now, he thinks proudly. I did that, he murmurs, thinking of Scully's round belly. She wakes up feeling congested. Her sinuses are hot and dense. She fights through waves of coughing and sneezing, which inevitably trigger contractions. Harmless in and of themselves, but distracting and uncomfortable at the very least. She decides that the day is a lost cause, and abandons her plans to pre-wash the baby's clothes and crib bedding, opting instead to order pizza and letting a hot shower loosen all the crud clogging her airways. When she hears a knock at the door, she assumes her lunch has arrived early. She's surprised to find Mulder standing there looking as anxious as a prom date. It's nearly noon, and she feels a little embarrassed that she's still in her pajamas, but he doesn't say anything, and instead is joking lamely. He's full of surprises, and she doesn't quite know how to react. She jokes a little. The gift is beautifully wrapped, no doubt by someone other than him. She settles herself on the couch and lets him deal with the pizza man. She feels the familiar tightening of another Braxton Hicks, and then something completely unfamiliar. What started as a twitch turns into something more. A clamping, white-hot feeling. Blinding, searing, all-consuming pain takes over. She can scarcely catch her breath to tell him something is wrong. But he already knows. He's with her. Holding her. Reassuring her. Is it the baby? he asks. All she can do is nod. She knows she's going into shock because she's hardly registering anything now. Pain, fear, they're all hovering at the edge of her consciousness. She can feel her pulse in her teeth and his hand wraps securely over hers. But that's about it. She knows she's going under and is powerless to stay afloat. She's gone from pale to ashen as they wait on the ambulance. He'd shown up with the intention of mending fences, and fears he may have lost his chance altogether, as she is losing her tenuous grasp on consciousness in his arms. Stay with me, he implores. I'm dizzy, she says lightly. She seems like she's looking right through him with glassy doll's eyes. He can't help but flash back to that day three years ago, as she lay gasping on the floor of his hallway. Panic settles over him as her eyes slip shut. The EMTs have a million questions. It seems only a very few of which he knows the answer to. How far along? No idea. Recent illness? Well, not since he's been alive again. He clings to her hand and feels how cold she is. 
I did this, he thinks. Can you give her a blanket? He asks softly. When she wakes, it's because there's an ultrasound tech working gel around her belly and staring grimly at the screen. Looks like an abruption, her doctor says. How bad? She asks, her own voice sounding tinny and far away. Dr. Speak looks concerned. Hey, Dana. Welcome back. I'd say about 10%, but it looks like it's already clotted. Are you having any pain right now? Um, no, she replies. She's actually feeling hardly anything at all. Okay, we're going to need to keep an eye on things for a while. I'm going to admit you. Do we need to deliver? She asks nervously. She's only 35 weeks. The baby's lungs aren't mature yet. Right now, I don't think so. Relief. She turns to look at Mulder, but he isn't there. The man that was with me, she says. Where is he? I'm not sure. Waiting room, maybe? The nurse chimes in. Do you want me to get him? She nods emphatically. Okay, I'll go check. The nurse comes back alone, and she tries to not look completely crushed. Dr. Speak explains that she'll be given sedatives and kept on oxygen and a fetal monitor for at least the next 48 hours. She nods, wishing Mulder was next to her, and knowing that it is expecting entirely too much of him. The feel of his hand on her belly is surreal and almost too good to bear. She wants him to stop, and to never stop. If he were to stay, really stay, only to run off to chase lights in the sky again. God, her heart simply couldn't bear it. Better to have him walk away now than to be lulled into a false sense of security with a little temporary bliss. She's not thinking clearly enough to tell him any of this, of course. They talk a while, and she drifts back to sleep. She can smell his aftershave and hear his steady breathing, and it feels so deeply and completely safe. Scully? He murmurs softly, sometime much later. Yeah, she sighs. You want to try to eat something? They brought dinner, he says, brushing a thumb over her knuckles. I'm not really hungry, she says. The sedative is actually making her feel a touch nauseous. The kid probably is, he quips. She smiles and chuckles softly. You eat it if you want. Uh-uh. I've had enough hospital food for a lifetime. I could go get you something else if you want, he says standing eagerly. I'm okay, Mulder. Really. He nods and sits back down, fidgeting about a little. In the ambulance? They asked me what your due date was, and I had no idea. She's confused for a moment. I know your blood type. I know your allergies. I know that opiate painkillers make you nauseous, and that your veins are tiny, and it always takes an experienced nurse to get a line in. I know you like two creams in your coffee and chocolate donuts, but only when we're on the road. He pauses with a little smile. I know you sneeze when you first step into the sun. I know a million little things, but I couldn't answer even half of the questions in the ambulance. She understands now. Mulder isn't Mulder unless he's beating himself up. Scully, when are we having this baby? Mid-May, she says simply. He nods and a small smile tugs at the corner of his mouth. Mid-May, he echoes. He cleans up the remnants of the pizza 
and sets about doing the dishes. She's not sure how to feel about him puttering around her kitchen. Do you have a name picked yet? He asks casually from the sink. Um, no, not really. Nothing feels right. She realizes that maybe she's failed to factor in his feelings on this whole matter. Did you have something in mind? She asks tentatively. He finishes setting the dishes in the drying rack and towels off his hands. He saunters back to the couch and sits down next to her. I, uh, I guess I hadn't really thought about it. She shrugs in the most non-committal way possible. Well, if you think of something, you know, an outside perspective couldn't hurt. Well, speaking from experience, I'd say avoid animal names. His smile is broad and teasing. Duly noted, she replies with a breathy laugh. This feels so good that she's struggling to accept that it's real. These are moments she dreamed about before he was found and mourned after they'd buried him. She briefly wonders if it is a hallucination. You okay? he asks. I'm fine, she deflects. It's easier than trying to explain that she feels like she's made of candy glass, like the smallest vibration could shatter her. His hand rests gently against hers. Scully, he says, I think we both know that's not true. Maybe, she concedes, but you're less fine right now. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.